I don't know about you guys, but I have always been the type of person who is afraid of making mistakes. And it really seems like there's so much uncertainty in the world right now. So many things that we thought we knew how they were going to go or plans that we had made or expectations that we had set are just completely off the table right now. So because we are in such a time and space of uncertainty, that definitely breeds this level of fear, whether that's fear around what's going to happen with the world, with our health, with our well-being, what's going to happen with your career, your relationships, your ability to travel, whatever that is, I really truly believe that so many of us are going through this experience together. And because I've always been the type of person who's really afraid of, of making mistakes or doing the wrong thing, the way that I've, I've healed that for myself is practicing what it feels like to trust in those times of immense uncertainty because we've all had moments of uncertainty in our lives already. I know I've had many moments of uncertainty where I literally was like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing with my life. I have no idea where I'm going. I feel like everybody else has it figured out except me. And so I have been there. I've been in that feeling of stuckness. And I want to share with you guys some of my personal experiences, anecdotes, mindset shifts, all that kind of stuff around how to navigate this fear that might be coming up for you or this fear of change that you might have or fearing the unknown. Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly, entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie, here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go make shift happen. I can still vividly remember like when I was six years old training for competitive gymnastics, I would let all of my teammates pass me in line for the tumble track. We would all line up to go down the tumble track and practice our tricks. And I would I would stand in the line and I kept letting everyone go in front of me. I'd say, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Because I didn't want to embarrass myself attempting a new trick before I knew if I had it perfect or if I was able to do it or not. And I did this again and again, even in dance classes, um, you know, fearing to go across the floor with certain choreography if I hadn't perfected it yet. And cheerleading practices throughout the years, I didn't want to try new tricks or do scary different stuff because I was just so afraid of messing up or looking stupid or yeah, I don't know, people laughing at me or whatever. I was just, I've always sort of been that way of really fearful of making mistakes. And of course, that comes back to this idea of perfectionism and all of that, which I've talked to you guys about, which is just another great example of how 
being a perfectionist doesn't actually mean that you do things perfectly. It means that you hold yourself back from a lot of experiences, a lot of learning, and a lot of skills because you are so obsessed with the idea of showing up perfectly that you end up not showing up at all. So that's how we get into procrastination, avoiding trying new things, doing new things, having new experiences because we're so engulfed in this idea of, oh, but I have to do it perfect. I have to do it perfectly. And that was totally me even in like Spanish classes in school growing up I remember I would sit there especially in the early days in college because the classes were getting more difficult there was more pressure it was I wasn't surrounded by you know childhood friends that I had known my whole life it was all these new people and all of this new scary potential to be judged (laughs) by so many different people so I would sit there and I would just Every time the teacher would pose any sort of like thought provoking question or anything, I would have to immediately in my mind think, okay, prepare an answer, prepare an answer, prepare an answer in case, just in case, you know, I was randomly called on or something and I would have to give a a response to the teacher. I had to make sure that I knew exactly the verbs that I was going to use and how I wanted to express myself. And it had to be perfect because I didn't want to embarrass myself. And I would just do that the whole entire class as the teacher was talking. I would just think, how can I respond? How can I respond? How can I respond? And it was so exhausting and I would waste so much time like preparing these answers in my head just in case I was called on that I would miss actually going deeper into the lesson and, and learning as much as I could. So basically I was just so afraid of, of messing up that I kept myself from even trying. And I've done this with jobs too and I'm sure a lot of you girls out there can relate that avoiding applying for certain positions because you think that you're underqualified or just not good enough and this is not anything new or crazy I mean studies show that women disproportionately more so than men habitually do this with job applications I think I can't remember the exact stat that I learned at one point but I think it was like like 50% of women or 40% of women or something like that will apply to a job that they don't meet all of the requirements for. Whereas 80 to 90% or something like that, some large, you know, majority percentage of men will willfully apply to those jobs that they feel they don't meet all of the requirements, but they have the, I don't know, confidence or self-esteem or self-worth to be like, oh, might as well try, you know, I'll give it a shot. Whereas we will read the list of required skills or expectations and think, oh, well, I don't have X years of experience and, oh, I don't know what X means and I've never used X before what's that software not sure I probably wouldn't get hired anyway so then we just let the opportunity pass and this is such a shame because we lose so many opportunities by simply not putting ourselves out there and by simply not trying for this fear of what if I don't get chosen What if I'm not valued? What if I'm not good enough? This fear of the unknown possibilities. In Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, she tells women to ask themselves, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And this is a common prompt that I use in journaling and with my clients in different ways because our fear tends to block us so much 
from even recognizing within ourselves what it is that we truly want and desire. With the fear there, with that emotion there, we oftentimes don't even allow ourselves to recognize that it may be something that we genuinely want. We're just immediately closed off to it and we don't see the opportunities because of of being fearful. You know, a few years ago, when I was applying for jobs in Spain, I had just finished my first year of English teaching and I wanted to get into a different job because I had I had gotten my residency in Spain. So I was able to work for other companies, whereas previously I had been on a student visa with this very specific program. I was only allowed to do this specific job. And once I got my residency, I really wanted to expand my horizons and branch out and try to get you know, a more lucrative job and something that would expand me and stretch me and and grow me a little bit more. And so I was applying and interviewing for different jobs and I consciously kept that question in mind. What would I do if I wasn't afraid? What would I do if I wasn't afraid? Because applying for a job in a foreign country and, you know, having this idea that most likely you're going to have to speak your second language, a foreign language that you're not completely fluent in, you're going to have to defend yourself. I mean, a job interview was like nerve wracking to begin with. And then to imagine having to go in there and act confident and make it look like you know what you're talking about when you're talking in a second language, that was really, really scary for me. It was, you know, all of those things from Spanish class of got to prepare the answers, got to prepare the answers was like multiplied by a thousand. And I remember I was sitting in the bathroom the night before one of my interviews with a marketing firm I knew they were I knew the interview was going to be mostly in Spanish they ended up they didn't even ask me anything in English actually by the end of it even though they said the position was for an English speaker so but I just knew because in Spain you know not that many people speak really good English to be honest so I just knew that that was going to be a thing that I was going to have to endure. So I remember sitting in the bathroom, painting my toenails, <laughs> um, my obsession with chip nail polish. I can't handle it. I remember painting my toenails and um, my partner, Jaime, he was in the bathroom with me sitting on the edge of the tub and he was reading off um, interview questions and we were just rehearsing. And I was going over and over and over, you know, these answers to the typical questions. What is my story? What's my experience, strengths, weaknesses, um, why I want to work for that company, questions I have, all that kind of stuff. I had prepared everything in Spanish and it was, gosh, I was so nervous. It was it was really nerve wracking, but I kept that question in my mind. What would I do if I wasn't afraid? And I knew that if I wasn't afraid, I would just go and do that fucking interview because who cares? Who cares if I mess up and I embarrass myself and I don't get the job? You know what? I have five other job interviews that I'm going on as well. And maybe that's not even the job that I end up wanting, which it wasn't. It wasn't the one that I took. But I went and I showed up and I did the entire hour-long interview in my second language, having only been in Spain for a year. And that was a huge huge accomplishment for me and they called me back and they wanted me to meet with the boss and the head of the department and I ended up turning it down because I accepted a a different offer from from another job but you know as I was saying that to myself what would I do if I wasn't afraid the voice that I kept hearing was I would just apply for this job 
even though I have one year of experience instead of three. I would walk into the interview with confidence and I would stop worrying about the grammar mistakes or the verb conjugations and I would just do my best to complete this interview as best as I can and, you know, screw the rest. If I do my best, then that's all that I can do, but I won't have that regret of never having tried. And that's exactly what I did. Fear has this intensely convincing way of holding us back from manifesting our dreams or makes us underestimate our own capabilities and doubt our self-worth. But that year when I was applying for those jobs, that was must have been 2016 or 2017, I made the conscious decision that I wasn't going to listen to that fear anymore. I wasn't going to listen to that voice. Instead, I was, whenever it popped up, I was going to recognize that it was there. I was going to say, thank you, fear, for trying to protect me, but I don't need you. Now, please get the fuck out of my way. (laughs) And ever since then, that has been something that I really, really actively try to practice in my life because we, we do have to recognize that the fear is there for a reason. The fear is there because anything outside of our comfort zone is seen as scary. It's seen as unsafe. And anything that is unknown is less safe than what is known. Even if what is known to the mind at that point is less than desirable or a situation that you really want to get out of. If it's even if your circumstances are pretty shitty, it's known. And what that means to the mind is we're not going to die here. So anything outside of that, when we cross that threshold from comfort zone to the unknown, our fear alarm starts going off. It starts ringing in our minds of danger, danger, danger. Be careful. We don't know what exists in this territory. There could be death out here. There could be threats to our safety out here. So that's what's happening in our reptilian mind. So we have to understand that the fear is coming from a place of love, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Your mind is trying to protect you based on what it knows to be true and what it sees as being safe or unsafe. So we can recognize that it's coming from a good place, but we can also recognize that we don't always have to listen to it. If we always choose to listen to that voice, we will never get what we want out of life. And that is just a fact. If you choose to listen to the fears that come up for you and follow the direction, follow the lead of that fear, meaning allowing it to to hold you back or not try something, you will never reach your full potential. You just won't. And so what we have to do is we have to look at our fear and see it as a green light, as a signal of this is where you need to go. You actually need to follow that fear into the unknown. Go exactly where it's telling you not to go because that is where growth lives. That is where transformation lives. That is where learning, uncovering, unlearning, developing, changing, evolving, that is where all of that lives, is outside of your comfort zone. I'm sure you've heard people say this before or you've seen it on Instagram or Pinterest, but inside your comfort zone is where dreams go to die. And outside of your comfort zone 
is where all the magic happens. And I think a lot of people assume or claim that they have this fear of change, right? Oh, I just don't like change. I don't do well with it. I, I hate change. I, I have a fear of change. But that's not really true, right? Because everything is always constantly changing. That's just life, you know? Everything changes from day to day. So you don't have a fear of change. You have a fear of intentionally changing something and it turning out worse than the reality that you're already living in. You have a fear of things not going exactly the way that you want them to go. You have a fear of losing the control of the outcome. You have a fear of failure or unmet expectations. And if you identify with that, you know, I would say it seems like you're just used to looking at change and imagining how things could go poorly. Because it's a pretty big claim to say that we have a fear of change in all areas of our life. Um, Because that would be really bad. Like, (laughs) that would be like you could never change plans or edit your schedule or go to a new workout class or change your style or buy new clothes or, you know, do something different with your hair. And that's not exactly the fear that you're experiencing, I'm guessing, right? So you're just simply used to looking at change and imagining how things could go poorly. So we have to get more specific Because the language that we use matters and it impacts the way that you're going to view these current potential changes in your life or in the world and also future ones. So instead of saying that you fear change, you need to nail down exactly what that fear of change means to you and what that is and and call it out in its specificity for what actually it is. Are you really afraid of change? Blanket statement. Or are you afraid of your parents' reaction? Or are you afraid of adjusting to a new workplace environment? Are you afraid of leaving a relationship? Are you afraid of leaving a job or a city and losing people in the process? What is the real fear beneath the change that you're wanting to make right now? As humans in general, we are such creatures of habit. So I want you to think about what you are in the habit of when it comes to imagining change or potentially making different new decisions for your life. Are you in the habit of talking yourself into things? Or are you in the habit of talking yourself out of things? You know, it's not that strange or weird for a person to consider changes or to have thoughts about new and different things that they would like to do with their one singular, no do-overs, no takesies, backsies opportunity at life, right? Like, why do we make ourselves feel insane for wanting different things than what we used to want or what we wanted yesterday, or what our friends want, or what our parents want, or what society at large tells us that we should want. You've probably thought at some point in your life, maybe maybe it would be cool to have a different job. Normal thought. But then what happens? That's where I want you to pay attention. That's what comes in 
when we're talking about are you in the habit of talking yourself into things or talking yourself out of things? What is the inner voice that comes in when you have that thought about doing something differently or changing something in your life? Whether it's big or small, it doesn't matter. But in this case, this example of maybe it would be cool to have a different job. Normal thought. But then what happens? What thoughts come in? Well, you probably wouldn't make as much money as you do now. You don't have enough experience for, for anyone to want to hire you for that. Or what if you what if you did quit your job, but then you couldn't get another one? Oh, your parents would be confused or disappointed in you. What if what if you couldn't pay your rent during the transition period and you had to move to a whole new place or even worse, move back in with your family? People will just think I'm crazy or weird or out of my league. It probably wouldn't work out anyway. And suddenly, in a matter of seconds, with zero contemplation, research, or legitimate consideration at all whatsoever, you've convinced yourself that your ideas, desires, and dreams are unrealistic and stupid. And just to be happy and grateful for what you have. Which, by the way, let's not take something as beautiful and powerful as gratitude and use it as a weapon against ourselves and our desires. That's called gaslighting and that is not something that we need to be doing to our own selves. So if you've ever had that thought of, I should just be grateful for this job or I should just be grateful for my partner or I should just be grateful for these friendships, be in response to the idea that, hmm, maybe this isn't serving me to the highest degree and I might want to change it, then let's cancel that. Let's let's not do that ever again because your gratitude should not be used against you as a weapon in response to something that you feel needs changing in your life. Because true desire, the desires that you're feeling, is the language of the soul. It's the language of your higher self. Whereas fear is the language of our subconscious in a lot of cases. It's the language of our comfort zone. It's the language of our inner child who has been taught and trained and groomed very carefully by society to never get too big or too loud or too ambitious or too creative with her life, right? We are quite literally trained to do this when you really think about it. If you think about school, when you're in school, you're sitting at your desk, you're a little girl, you're six years old, all of a sudden you realize you need to go to the bathroom. What do you have to do? Raise your hand, wait for the teacher to notice you, have them call on you. Can I go to the bathroom please? Perhaps they say yes, but also in my experience, perhaps a lot of times they actually say no. So Even though this is part of our normalized system, in a lot of ways what this is teaching us is that our desires are not valid until somebody else of greater authority or knowledge or experience can come in and validate them for us. Until someone else can tell us, yep, that's okay. You can go ahead and do that. That is what we are trained to understand, which is why we are so freaking addicted to permission. You know, we've been trained to ask for and require permission, which is why it becomes so difficult 
and terrifying to branch out and have the audacity to think that we may in fact in some cases, know what's best for ourselves, even if it's not what's best for everybody else or even if it's not what we've always done or what we've always thought. What a crazy, expansive, audacious thought to think that you might know what's best for you without the validation or permission of anybody else. We've been taught to mistrust our own inner knowing to completely disregard intuition because there must be someone more educated, more experienced, more knowledgeable with whom I can consult on this issue. My parents, my friends, my therapist, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Google, literally anyone, anyone must know better than little old me. That's how we think. Someone out there can definitely tell me what I should do with more definitive knowing or certainty than my own. Like how fucking insane is that when you really think about that? That is how we think for so many things, big and small. Don't even lie to yourself, (laughs) you know? Like this was, if I could count the amount of times that I needed validation from other people, friends about what I was going to wear or what I was going to say or if I was going to go to something or not go to something. Like, my God, why, why are we so disconnected from our, our own inner knowing of what we want in life, of what we want to do and what we want to say? You know, how many of you only feel truly comfortable doing something when someone else tells you it's okay or that they support it or that they think that it's also a good idea. Even if it's as stupid as, you know, the, the text that you're going to send to a guy, right? Ooh, what should I write? What should I say? Or which outfit you're going to wear? Does this look okay? Which shoe should I wear? Hair up or down? What should I respond? Is this okay? Or do you think this is, is this too much? Is this too forward? Do you think this is too much? Bitch, what do you think? (laughs) That's what we need to start asking ourselves. Bitch, what do you think yourself? Why are we asking everybody else these questions when we know the answers? And how many times, by the way, have you asked for validation or affirmation from a friend or somebody about something that you were going to do or say, and then they gave you their answer and you were like, I don't know. I think I'm just going to leave it like this. Or actually, I think I'm going to wear this. Like we don't even always follow through with it. So it's like, why, why do we need that step? Why do we need to go through those other people in order to circumnavigate and ultimately get back to ourselves and, and what we wanted to do anyway? Or you might be the type of person that always takes everybody else's advice because you are so very mistrusting of what you think and what you know and what you want that it's that idea of anybody else can tell me with more certainty what I should do. And that will just be the right answer. I, I just feel it in my bones. I feel really confident that my friend Jenny is going to know exactly what the fuck I should do with my life and my future and my career and my relationship. And should I leave my boyfriend or should I stay with him or... 
you know? We take it to such extremes, don't we? Why do we have such little confidence in our decision-making abilities? That is that is the question. And I really do think that it has so much to do with that idea of our training, the way that society groomed us and, you know, built us to live in this very organized society of this is what you should do, this is where you should go to school, this is what happens after school, then you get a degree, then you apply for jobs in this way with this type of resume or CV and then you do that work and this is what you do, you climb the ladder, X, Y, Z, one, two, three, retire, be happy. But not, how can we expect the, with the diversity that exists in our beings as spiritual beings having a human experience, how can we expect with the depth of diversity that exists between us that those rules and that path is going to make sense for every single one of us? It's just not. And we shouldn't be forcing ourselves to try and fit into that box just because we're fearful of what's outside the box. Just because we're fearful of, oh, well, maybe it won't all work out. Or maybe I'll fail. Or maybe I'll look stupid. Or maybe I don't know what will happen. Or or maybe I'll have to ask my parents for help. Or maybe my friends will judge me or think that I'm trying to be an influencer. Or whatever the limiting beliefs are that you have about doing the thing that for some reason has been put on your heart, whatever's preventing you from doing that, that's worth exploring. I would really take a look at that fear, those limiting beliefs, those worries about what's going to happen or not happen, those expectations that you have. I would really go deep and take a look at, at what that means for you and ask yourself that question. What would I do if I weren't afraid, right? And maybe journal on that. If you have a specific choice or decision or something that you're that you're juggling right now that you're trying to to work through ask yourself that question what would I do if fear was not even a thing if it just didn't exist if I had zero fears about anything at all what would I think is the right choice right because we got to stop we got to stop relying on everybody else to tell us what to do and when to do it and what's right and how to do it and how we should act and behave and think and dress do you think boys are out there sending pictures of their outfit in the group chat asking if the other guys are dressing casual or cute for the party or asking their mates how they should style their hair that night (laughs) no they are not Let me tell you, at least I've never seen it in my experience. So as women, we need to take our power back. We need to get reconnected with our own intuition and inner knowing and ability to make decisions for our lives because that's the truth. At the end of the day, that we are able, you are more than able, you are 100% capable of making the decisions for your life and having everything be absolutely okay. Even if you stumble, even if you fall, even if you fail, everything's going to work out. Everything's going to be okay. Because if you adopt my philosophy of there is only one path and you are always on the path, whatever decision you end up making 
is going to be weaved in, built into that path. And if it doesn't turn out amazing, exciting, successful, beautiful, blissful, it's going to teach you something really fucking important. It's going to be a big lesson for you. It's going to be a blessing in disguise. And it is absolutely going to be something that you were meant to traverse, that you were meant to navigate, that you were meant to experience. I believe that 100%. I don't know if you do, but if you do, then what do we really have to be afraid of? Where is the fear then? If we know that we are always on this path, we are always guided, right? We are always divinely being taken care of. Where is the fear? It's gone. There's no place for it. Because no matter what you do, no matter where you go, it's going to get you to exactly where you're meant to be. I hope with all of my heart, genuinely, that you can start to believe that a little bit more. In June of 2018, I ended up quitting that job that I was describing earlier that I worked so hard to, you know, put myself out there and interview for. It just... it came to the point of I was waking up every day feeling really unmotivated and uninspired about what I was doing and it wasn't because I was lazy because I I told myself that a few times too throughout the process Um, but it wasn't that I just I knew deep down that this job no longer served me it wasn't meant for me Um, there was a lot of things in the management and stuff that I just didn't agree with I felt I wasn't being uh, respected or valued or treated the way that I deserved Um, and that was a really heavy feeling for me and it was really hard because I didn't have any other idea of what I was going to do right I was in a foreign country I had just got this job I think it was probably 10 months prior nine, ten months prior and I was like now I don't want to do this anymore but what what am I going to do you know what's going to happen I don't have any backup plan and so I lived like that for months on end just like that feeling if you've ever genuinely hated a job you know what it feels like to wake up every day and literally just dread just dread the moment that you have to go there and and do the thing and show up. So yeah, it was like six months of me knowing that I wanted to leave, but being way too scared and, and feeling really trapped. And so finally, I ended up deciding that what was going to be best for me was that I just quit. Even though I didn't have a backup plan, even though I didn't have another job lined up, I just needed to get out of there. That was ultimately what was going to be best for me. And the way that I decided that was I was listening to the audiobook of The Universe Has Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein, which is a book that I recommend to all of my clients. It's one of my all-time favorites because it was there for me at this pivotal moment in my life where I had no idea what was going to happen next, but I knew that I needed to follow that fear. I knew that I needed to go exactly where it was telling me to go. Um, And I think, I can't remember the exact line in the book, but I was listening to it and I was in the shower one morning before going to work. And I think she says something like, 
she's talking about your universal assignment, right? Like the universe is going to show up and give you these assignments, these things that are difficult and challenging. And so she was like, you wouldn't have clicked play on this book if you weren't ready to handle your universal assignment. And I just, the tears started coming. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is, this is a divine moment right now. This is the push that I needed. Like, she's right. I wouldn't have downloaded this book and started reading it if I weren't in a space of such desperation that I needed that form of guidance to really push me and go through with the exact thing that I was so fearful to do. And it wasn't like when that happened, I was like, oh, amazing, like no worries, (laughs) everything's going to be fine now. No, I mean, the fear was still there. The fear was still telling me in the back of my head that I wouldn't find another job. It was telling me that I wouldn't be able to pay the bills, that my family would judge me or worry about me or that my gut feeling about this situation was wrong and that things would just get better at my job, like you know, it's just, it's not the right time. You should stick it out a little bit longer. It, it told me that I was crazy to think that I'd be able to find another job in a foreign country without citizenship. And I'm just an English teacher and I'm stupid to make this decision and choose my personal happiness over a paycheck. Well, your paycheck pays for all of your life. So what are you going to do now, Sam? That was the voice of fear and it was really loud and it was really clear. So I don't want you to think that by following the fear and and stepping towards it and going out into the unknown, it's all of a sudden like you're never going to get to a moment where you're just like, oh, I'm ready. You know, the fear's finally gone. I'm just I just feel ready. It's it, it doesn't work like that. Because fear is so well disguised as logic. And that's why it's so powerfully convincing because it feels a lot like the truth. When you tune into that voice of fear, it feels so much like, oh, well, that would be the logical thing to do. That would be the smart thing to do. That, that must be the truth of what I'm supposed to do. But when you finally decide to let go of that voice, you make space for creating the life that you desire And you give those desires, that voice of your higher self, that divine guidance within you, you give that space to create the things that, the very things that you've been yearning for, that you've been wanting, that you've been desiring. So because you're giving the universe a really clear sign by taking that action that you're ready to receive that you're ready to open yourself up to new opportunities and and different forms of abundance. And even after I decided like, okay, right, I need to quit this job. It's time for me to go. I expected that sort of fear to like really creep back up and throw me off my path and, you know, not be able to schedule the meeting with my boss and actually go in and and tell them that I was leaving. Uh, and and the fear was definitely there, but it was it was different. It was it was lighter. It was almost like I think there's there's a nervous quality to fear, but also to excitement. And so the nervous quality in the fear before I had fully made the decision was paralyzing. But after I had made the decision for myself and decided this is what I'm going to do, that 
that um, nervous element started to turn more into like excitement. Like it was almost tingling. Like, you know, I felt so supported and excited and at peace to just finally like be free and do the thing that I was wanting to do. So my point in this whole episode is I really want you to start asking yourself, what stories has fear been telling you? Or what does the voice of fear sound like for you right now in this season of uncertainty in the world? And in what ways are you kind of allowing that fear to control your life or your decisions or your happiness? If you could, which I know you can, you should surrender those fears right now. You should make a commitment to yourself Make a pact with yourself, with the best version of who you are at your core, that you're not going to allow that voice to hold you back anymore. You're not going to allow those fears to stop you from exploring your full potential and, and the things that are out there in the world calling to you. That you're going to choose to recognize that those desires are divine. Those desires were put on your heart for a reason. There's a reason why everybody else around you isn't doing the thing that you want to do because it wasn't meant for all of them. It was meant for you, which is why it was sent to you, which is why it's your responsibility to follow that desire. See where it takes you. Step outside your comfort zone. Get comfortable being uncomfortable because once you do, once you feel the growth and transformation and bliss that happens by doing the things that you just want to do and saying fuck it to the fear, it's just going to be a wild ride from there on out. You're going to keep getting better and better at following that desire and and doing those things and transforming and changing and evolving and you're going to become addicted to that which I know I definitely am anytime that I'm challenged or presented with a new fear uncertainty or a decision uh, something for my business or whatever it is and I'm like "Ooh, I don't know yet I don't know if I'm good enough for that I tune into that voice and I'm like right This is the magical moment. This is where I get to decide who the fuck I am. And I don't need anybody else's permission to tell me that I'm good enough, that I'm ready, that I'm capable, that I know everything, that it's going to work out, that it's going to be okay. Because I know that in the past when I've followed this desire and I've not let this fear control me, it's always led to something amazing. So... Release those fears, surrender them, let them go, trust, because good things are coming. You just have to make space for them. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to share it with someone who you think may resonate with this message or post it to your Instagram stories and tag me at makeshift happen podcast. And as always, if you have a minute to spare, I would love it if you could go over to Apple podcast and leave the show a glowing rating and review as it helps me reach more headphones and more hearts. Love you lots. See you next week.